One game. This man played more than one game. He most certainly did. He played 159 games across two clubs. His name is Russell Morris. Hello, Fly. How are you? Good morning, Kevin. I'm um, very well. <laughs> Thank you for taking an interest in my humble career. <laughs> uh, no, very much an interest. All right, let's, now I called you Fly because everyone does call you Fly. So tell us who gave you that because it is social butterfly, isn't it? Well, Yabby gave me that um, that name and it was basically around my first game. So... Oh. The whole conversation, yeah, it, it came out of my first game. So it's quite relevant. So yeah. if you want me to go back into the dark ages of 1983, uh, playing as a full year for the reserves, you know, they won the premiership, you know, they smashed Essendon, um, couldn't get a game. You know, you've got Lee Matthews, you've got David O'Halloran, you've got Peter Knight, you've got Kelvin Moore, you've got um, Pete Russo, Russell Green, yeah, Chris Mew. Um, Gary Ayres, pretty good side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness and I, me. And, and I remember getting the sort of emergency a couple of times, playing in the reserves and all that. And that was fun. And then come the end of the year, um, I had a good pre-season. They always say, go have a good pre-season. So I, I was pretty fit, but I didn't have any weight. I couldn't hold any weight. But then come in the um, sort of March when the Pracky game started, and this is before the AFL even you know, confirmed official practice matches. You just sort of played a game against someone wherever you could. Yep. And, you know, we, I think we played Fitzroy out at Mortlake. You know, it was 40-degree heat. And they Yabby said, oh, you're in the senior squad. Oh, okay, that's good. And so they usually take 26 or 28 and play there. And I, so I had a run with that, which was fine. Um, I played on a couple of games. Couple, uh, oh, what was his name? Oh, God. Dean, oh, I think of it. But I couldn't believe how fast it was. Anyway, I played another one off the bench um, and did okay, but you never think what's going to happen. Yeah. And then I remember, um, they were the days, mate, when you could go and have a beer midweek. Yep. You could go and have a, you could, yeah, as you know, you had mates playing at the Bulldogs and all that. Yep. You could go and have a beer. And So I remember the Thursday before my first game, I didn't have any clue that I was going to play, that no one tells you. You find out from the newspaper. Those were the days they'd, they'd pick the side on a Thursday night in the committee room in all AFL clubs. Yep. And by that stage, you've all gone home. Everyone had lives and did other things. And I used to drink at the Melbourne Hotel. And that was a big night there. And not not the big night drinking, but it was just a lot of people there. Yep. And um, so I went to the Melbourne Hotel. It was called Shrouders Bar. And... And I remember being there, and for some reason, I was going out with um, a girl called Kathy. Anyway, for some reason, her brother turns up and says, mate, you've got to get home. I said, what are you talking about? I don't know how he even got there, because he's two years younger than her. <laughs> I don't know, four years younger than her. And it, somehow he got there. You've got to come home. What do you mean? Oh, you're in the team. What do you mean I'm in the team? Yeah, oh, you've been picked for the game against um, um, Sydney. Said what? No. He said, "Yeah, you're in." You know, this is how you find out. Yes. My, 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 my future brother-in-law tells me, "Taps me on the shoulder in a bar. I've got a pot in my hand. You're in the team." Oh God! <laughs> so we go home. Um, 
I was sort of sharing a, a place with Kathy in Brunswick. Her father uh, owned a big pad rod on um, Princess Park there. And I got down there, and there's a photographer to take a photo. Oh, what's going on? Oh, you've broken into the 1983 premiership team in round one for 1984. And you're playing, uh, playing against the Swans. You've broken into the team. So we think it might be worthy of a photo. Oh, nice. That's nice. So they take a photo. Um, so they take a photo of me holding a cup of tea, right? Beautiful. With Kathy standing behind me, you know, the traditional one with the girlfriend over the shoulder. Like yep. So, yeah. And anyway, photo's taken. Think nothing of it. Anyway, next day, get up in the morning, get the paper. Slow news day, Kev. It's on the front page. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> the, big, the, the whole front page, the big photo. Oh, here we go. Now, don't you think my ego exploded after that? Could it get me bigger? <laughs> so, all excited. Princess Park, Swans, get to the game. Uh, anyway, but what I didn't realise, that was a Friday morning, the paper. You're in the team. What I didn't realise, and I was living, whilst I was sharing time with my girlfriend at her father's house, I also had a house in Brunswick with living with Chris Langford, right? So Friday night, I go back home. Langers and I living together. We don't cook. There's no kitchen in the joint, right, in the place. It was sort of half-renovated place. Yep. So we go out to Ligon Street to get some pasta, as you do, and we bring the, the, the food back, and we sit and watch television. And by that stage, we didn't realise that Yabby had phoned me at home to congratulate me on being selected in the team. But I didn't know. There's no mobile phones. I had a landline, yep. right? The phone had rung, didn't know. We got home about eight o'clock with the food, sat down and had, anyway, got to the game at the traditional time of, you know, I think you got there about 12, 12.30. Yabby walked up to me and he said, hey, hey, laddie, congratulations on being selected today. But I, when I tell you what, I tried to ring you last night and you wasn't home. So I'd start, I'd freeze. Oh, what do you mean you tried to ring me? You wasn't home. I tell you what, Letty, if you want to be a social butterfly, go and play somewhere else. That's what he said. <laughs> so from that day on, I thought, oh, great. You, know, you feel terrible. Everyone's congratulating you on your first match and all that sort of stuff. And then you play. I think I, think, I, think, I, think I might have got seven possessions or something. Yep. I remember taking a, my first mark with a primitive kick out, and I remember Plough was, was right behind me. Yeah, give it to me. So I handball it off to Plough. Plough takes off. I, I vividly remember that. And I played on Max Cruz oh, right. from yeah. the Swans. Yeah, I remember playing on Max. My first kick was a left foot under pressure on the wing in front of the Heathley stand. These are the silly things you remember. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I remember that. Um, I think we won. Yeah. Stephen Allender also played his first game that day. He was recruited from um, – where was he recruited from? Was he recruited from Port Melbourne or, yeah, or South from, Melbourne? From or something? Por- no, from Port, yeah. From Port Melbourne? Yep. Stephen Allender and myself both played that first game. I think we won. I think we won. Yeah, yeah you did. Yep. Uh, and then um, I think we played Essendon round two, the grand final replay. So I was dropped. The Essendon replay was at Windy Hill. And I think they brought Polkinghorn in to tag Baker or someone or whatever. So I lasted one game, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> one match. And but then during training, it was just during training, 
you know, Yabby would, he'd sool into you. That's what he'd sool into you. He'd, he'd start yelling at you to push you along. Come on, run, 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 run. Move, move, get up, come on, push. Run, social butterfly, run. He'd start yelling this out. <laughs> and everyone's looking around going, who's he talking to? <laughs> and I'm thinking, who's he talking to? I'm thinking, oh, my God. Yeah, as you know, you don't pick your nicknames. Yep. You don't. So I'm wearing this. I'm thinking, please don't call me that. Please don't call me that. But you can't say it. Come on, social butterfly. Come on, run, 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 run. Come on, so, and then oh, they're all looking at me going, is that you? I'm thinking, oh, you're rolling your eyes. You can't say anything about it. You can't win. You carry on. You just wear it. Um, and it's sort of shortened to um, butterfly and then to fly. So that's the story behind it, mate. That's the story behind it. Who would have thought a bowl of pasta in Ligon Street gets you a nickname that uh, that's still yeah. with, that's still with you, you know, near, near enough to thirty years later? Yeah, and and initially, but yeah, yeah, I used to think because Langers was from Melbourne Grammar, and I was from Campbell Grammar. Yep. Right. So. Yabby, being the Cheltenham boy, um, thought, oh, we were Silver Spoon, yeah. you know, <laughs> grammar, private school, and talked a bit like that. <laughs> so it was all a bit Silver Spoon, it was all, it was all a bit social butterfly. And he'd, he'd ring on a Friday, you know, this is a pain in the ass. The, the phone would ring, and we'd both be sitting there, and I'd say, oh, I'm not answering it. He goes, well, I'm not answering it. Because <laughs> we knew what he'd say when he would be picked up the phone. We'd pick up the phone because here we both at home, and he'd say, "Oh, what's for dinner tonight, lad? Chicken and champagne." <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Oh God, chicken and champagne, Langers, fly. What are we? What are we having tonight? We got champagne tonight. Oh, yeah. He used to rip into us. So. <laughs> Oh, God, that's a lovely story. Hey, uh, I mean, uh, the the funny thing about the, the Hawthorne players of that era is that you you all, and I mean, this includes, you know, Dipper and everybody, all, all served an enormous apprenticeship playing in the resis. Yeah, well, that's true. Look, I'm not sure of the numbers, but look, I played a lot of um, reserves. I mean, I think all of us did. I, look, there's only a few that didn't play many. Dermot didn't play many. I don't think Johnny Clayton played too many. Uh, I don't think Barney played too many. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't uh, think Lee Matthews did play a lot of reserves. No, no. Really. no. no. Oh, Tucky played a couple when he, I remember when he was injured, yep. um, coming back from injury, but that's the only time. Um, you're right. And look, it's one of those eras that you look back and you go, 159 games, I'm pretty happy with that. And um, I only played 93 in seven years at Hawthorne, you know, in and out of the team yep. because it was so strong. You know, maybe I could have played 150 at another club, but I'd rather take 93 with the Hawthorne team in the 80s than, you know, 200 with a, another team that didn't play. Yeah. Uh, and that was just a wonderful time. It was so hard. It was tough. I mean, um, you, you mentioned the names before, but, I mean, Gary Ayres, um, Rodney Ede, Russell Green, Ken Judge, John Kennedy, uh, yeah. know, Langford, uh, Knights, um, uh, Mew, Mew, Mew Kel- Kelvin Moore. What a sensational player. Oh, yeah. Back. Absolutely. He was. I mean, I, I got his number, number 15, when he retired. Um, you know, it was a just, you, you look through the whole lineup. I mean, the blokes were versatile too. Some could play up forward, some would play up back. And that was probably the best thing about me. I, I went down as a forward from playing at school and club and then straight to the half back line because I could run. I wasn't strong, but I could run and jump and kick the ball a long way. And you know, I think that probably got me. Spotness in the, in the side early, um, but I remember 
a game. You, you might remember this being a bully. Um, I think it was about round four. I, I, I missed it. I played the game against Carl and got dropped for the Essendon game and didn't get back in. And then I got back in um, against the Bulldogs. Um, I played on Chops Rickman. Oh, anyway, yeah. Yeah. but I didn't. I was I was in the team and I got to the ground late. I didn't anticipate the traffic. You know, driving up, you know, Dinan Road. What's Dinan Road turn into? Um, Barclay Street. Barclay Street. I yeah. didn't anticipate. I'm stuck in traffic for 45 minutes, yeah. panicking. Yep. Meant to be at the ground by one o'clock for the team meeting, or I think to a quarter to one or whatever. And I'm not moving anywhere. And I'm just, I'm shitting myself. And I eventually get to the game at sort of 20 past one. And John Kennedy Sr. had been asked by Yabby to talk because. I think it was Lee Matthews' 300th and Tucky's 250th or something ridiculous. And so I got pushed out of the team. I was, I, they put me in the team and I got banished to the bench. And John Kennedy Sr. spoke. I, I, I've never heard him speak before. It was one of the best orations I've ever heard um, in any footy, even looking back over the years. And anyway, we went out. We lost the toss. We kicked against an eight-goal bloody tornado. Yeah, be right. And we kicked six. And that was one day I'll never, ever forget. Um, ended, ended up getting on and played on um, Ian Rickman. Um, I think he was half forward at the time. And, and that was sort of the beginning of my career. I ended up playing on Roachy, played on Michael Roach early days, which was a good experience. Yeah. Um, I played on Bernie Quinlan. Um, oh. at, during his last year at Victoria Park, he had six kicks. I kept him to six. Yep. Goals. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> he kicked them all from 55. He'd lead out, take the mark of the, oh, no, I'm safe here, or pass it off. Nah, he didn't. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah. Through they went. Unbelievable play. Did anyone did in those early days? Because you you'd been had you been in a youth development squad at Hawthorne before you moved back to Sydney? Is that right? Yeah, they had this thing. It was called the in 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 the seventies. It was called the Ayers Squad. E Y A S. I think you know, and Ayers is a baby hawk. Yep. It's now called the Peter Crimmins Squad, but it was called the Ayers Squad at the time. Yep. And I got invited to go to that, and there was. 30-odd kids, age 14, 15, 16 years old, just from around the Hawthorne zones, right? And in that squad, in 79, uh, there was a 14-year-old Dermot. Oh, God. A 15-year-old Chris Langford. And there was another kid called Paul Pirry, whose brother Stephen ended up playing for St Kilda and Richmond. Yeah. From Xavier. Uh, I think Jamie Dersma might have been in there. I think he might have played a few games at Hawthorne and maybe he ended up being at the Swans and maybe Melbourne. But Dermot and Langers and myself in that one squad, yeah, Langers played 300, Dermot played 180 and I played 150. So yeah. that was a reasonable, good, reasonable result. But I never forget Dermot as a 14-year-old. You know, he had the bright red hair, bushy hair, and he was a smart ass as a 14-year-old. And, <laughs> but you could, tell, you could tell that he could play just the way he moved, ran, 
Um, there's a kid out there at the moment who's about to be drafted called Matt Rowell. I don't oh, know whether yeah. you've heard about him. Yeah. He's a, he's a carey boy, right? Dermot moves like him. Oh, okay. That kid, that kid moves like Dermot. Yeah. I, I look at Matt Rowell and it's a junior Dermot. Yeah. Um, looks, looks like him, built like him. He probably doesn't have the confidence in Dermot. <laughs> Does anybody? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a funny kid. Kid, oh, he really is. Was a funny kid. Oh, just, but just good. Just, but just backed himself and oh, hard at it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that was the squad, the yeah. Iron Squad, and it turned into Peter Crimmins. I think it still goes. I think they still run it. Now, a couple of things I want to talk to you about uh, that happened in your career. Well, one was uh, one was obviously. I know everyone talks to you about it, but what are your memories of round 12, 1987 when you? Your mate, your mate, <laughs> Jimmy <go>. Edmund. Your <laughs> mate, Jimmy Luffman. Your mate, Jimmy Edmund. Jocko. Uh, I remember, I actually remember getting the ball and dancing around. O'Keefe played for the line, uh, Bears. Yep. I, I did the, the dummy. One dummy past O'Keefe and I remember doing another dummy past someone I can't remember it but then I don't remember the third one because I went to sleep yeah. but I've seen I've seen the video oh yeah I'm sure you have yeah and I I just remember um, I remember waking up in the change rooms um, really weirdly on the stretcher and John Lawrence the then CEO was standing over the top of me they'd all come down to see what if I was okay and I remember, vividly remember, rattling off my girlfriend's phone number, Kathy, my wife. Can you call Kathy? Tell her I'm okay. She lived down in Manningham Street, down the bottom of Parkville, where I think where the Commonwealth Games Village is down there. Yeah. Right? And she lived in an apartment. And I rattled off her phone number. Bang, 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 bang. And then went back to sleep. God. I remember saying it. I remember doing that. I remember then getting into the ambulance, waking up again, and I remember asking the guy to put the siren on because that was exciting. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to – I want to be in an ambulance. If I'm in an ambulance, put the siren on. Yeah, you know, fair enough. Do something, right? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, go. And then we went to Southport Hospital. I remember getting out. I remember walking, pushing me around in a wheelchair and the white coat and all that sort of stuff. And they put the, – the game was on television – and what annoyed me the most, I think we kicked 33 goals to something. We smashed them. Yeah. So I was filthy because I missed out maybe on a bag. <laughs> because I was I was playing forward, back, forward, back that year out of my best year in 87. And, you know, if you kick 33 goals, you, you're likely to maybe get five or six. I think Dunstall kicked 13 or 10. I don't know. He, yeah, I think he kicked 13. Yep. Um, but I do remember seeing when I got knocked out, Dipper running in. I thought, oh, good, Dipper's going to go and you know, force his hand on Edmund. Dipper ran in. He went straight past Edmund, picked up the ball. He wanted the possession. <laughs> That's typical, Dipper. <laughs> Greedy bastard. <laughs> Give me another stat, Dipper. But I caught up with Jock. I was commentating with Seven, um, I think, later in my career, and I think, we, I think the Bulldogs beat oh, Brisbane, I think, up in Brisbane. And I think I might have been doing the game. And I think he may have been on the board or something, on the committee or somewhere. And I caught up with him and he said, oh, yeah, belated, sorry, but you know, 
they were the days, mate. You've whacked blokes and you pick. You, you got your. You got, he got his six weeks. I yeah. think that was probably the, the. I think that was the longest at the time. Yep. Got his six weeks, and I think sort of drifted off into obscurity. I think I don't know what much happened after him. Yeah. After that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's mem- that was memorable. I mean, everyone remembers that one. It's like, isn't it on the Biff Buffs and Bonkers or something? There's some sort of yeah. video that's flying around and bloody as, Facebook. As, as, mem- as memorable for a lot of people who were there on the day, apparently, because the uh, the scoreboard at Carrara yeah. had, had a graphic or something. They said, cop that after you Yeah, that's right. And, and then there was, it, was a, it was the old black and white scoreboard, like yeah. Waverley, with the, the, and it had cop that and it also had barium bears. Oh, jeez. So someone, the, the trainer could have walked out with a shovel and buried me down there, mate, honestly. Yeah, but one one funny thing happened when I uh, I had the shakes and I, I was vomiting um, and I, I remember vomiting all over Barry Gavin, our physio's new Rolex. <laughs> <laughs> that went down well. <laughs> I'm sure it did. <laughs> <laughs> Fifteen thousand dollar roller. They've got spark all, all in the all in. Oh yeah, oh, good. God. Now, how did you make how did you make the Greek team of the century? Mate, my great great grandfather oh, is Demetrius <laughs> Moros, mate. Now, I was in the car, I was driving to work, and I heard Chris Pavlou was being interviewed by Kevin Bartlett on SCN. Chris, Chris Pavlou, I think, put the whole concept together, yep. right? Uh, with a few other people. And they were talking about this team, and they were naming the people in it, and they, they were short. There aren't many Greeks that were playing. I mean, there's a. You've got your standards, your Kudafidis and your... Um, um, uh, Malakalis and all those ones, yeah. Yeah, all those, Johnny Juju and there's all, those, there's all Greeks, you know. Malakalis, um, Christou, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and then they said, oh, the captain will more likely be Lou Richards. I said, what? <laughs> Lou Richards? Lou Richards' father, Albie Panam. Yeah, 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 of course. Panem is Panamopolis. So he shortened his name to Panem because in those days, you know, if you're if you're derived from Italian Greek, you know, you're you're a wog yep. and you used to cop it at school and you know, it made life a little bit difficult. So they changed his name to Panem. So Lou got in, Ron got in, and I thought, well, hang on. My father, his grandfather, great grandfather, Christos Moros. Well, there's a Christos Moros, but there's a Demetrius Moros that came across from the Isle of Poros in the 1850s. And my father has currently got the wedding certificate. He married an Irish woman called um, Margaret Frost. And they've got the wedding certificate, 1850s or something. So that proves that I'm derived from the Greeks. So I rang up and said, hey, I'm in the team. And they said, oh, sure you are. So I got in. I think they were straight. They, they couldn't find people to get in. So, I mean, if there was a lot, Third generation, fourth generation. But it is quite funny. It sits on my Wikipedia page, and it's a little bit of a laugh. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Hey, now what? Uh, what? What prompted the move from from Hawthorne to St Kilda? Was that just purely and simply opportunity? Oh, mate, no. Alan Joyce took over as coach. Yabby got the aneurysm in the head. Yeah. Heard him, um, got was unwell. Joyce came in. Um, and in typical Alan Joyce's, um, you, or you experienced him with the Bulldogs, mate, he had no idea. Uh, 
one of the biggest legacies he left the club, which is unfortunate. Whilst he's a two-time premiership coach, he also killed the spirit of the club. Um, I think 17 players were marched out, told they weren't, the services were no longer required. Myself, Pete Russo, Pete Curran. Uh, I think at the end of the day, they also did it to Tucky. Um, Dermot left. They, they, everyone just, that was starting around about 90, around about yep. 989. A few blokes just, they just were told. And it was just, that was just the wrong way to deal with people. And he, he just didn't know how to deal with people. I and mean, even his coach, man, my daughter could have coached that side to two flags, mate. The, the club, the team coached itself, really. Yeah. Might be a lovely guy, but he had no personality. He had no idea, mate. None whatsoever. And you saw it at the Bulldogs. Yeah. So I got told October, I'm out. But funnily enough, and Andy Engwin, the late Andy Engwin, our property steward, after the um, 1990 last game, I played in the um, playing the reserves against Melbourne round 22. Uh, no, no, that's right. Um, yeah, last game, and I took my jumper because normally you leave your jumper and you get it back the following year, uh, and you keep it. But you, they, you leave it and then they wash it and you get it back over the summer. I took it because I'd already made the decision I was going. I didn't know where I was going, but I was going. Wasn't getting the opportunity. Joyce was coach. He, Mate, different cat. Anyway, um, so I decided to leave. But then they got in first. They got me in. I brought me in the room. October said, oh, "Your services no longer required. Um, we're basically delisting you." Um, Brian Coleman was in the room. Alan Joyce was in the room. I can't remember who else. Maybe was it Tony Ferrugia? Maybe was he the secretary? I'm not sure. And I thought, oh, that was. Whilst I'd already made the decision in my head, it's. Sometimes it's still really it rattled me when they tell you yeah. you're no longer required at this great club. You're out. Oh God. Then uh, I got approached by Kevin Bartlett was coaching Richmond at the time. I think Noel Judkins I think was might have been the recruiting guy there. Um, and I was living in Kew, and they came around. Came to, I used to follow Tigers as a kid. Um, Kevin, lovely. Um, and then Ken Sheldon called me. Ken Sheldon had Peter Hudson as the football manager there, and Sheldon had been there at St Kilda for a couple of years. And the, the St Kilda team had Frawley fullback. They had, uh, I was saying, let's go the, from the other end. They had Plug at full forward. They had Lowe at centre forward. They had a com- combination. They had um, Rob Harvey in the centre or Ruck Rover. They had Winmar on the wing. They had David Grant half back. They had Nathan Burke back pocket. They had um, Danny Frawley full back. They had Russell Jeffries back pocket. Um, I thought, ooh, this is good, mm. good side. Yeah. And they didn't have a centre. They didn't have a centre back. And I thought, well, I can play there. And also, the most important thing: Richmond didn't have any money, and they were very young. Yeah. Uh, Cloak had just was just finishing. Um, Knights, you know, they had young Tony Free. They, these kids are all twenty two. 21, 22, really young. And I was 29. I thought, oh, no, I don't want to go to a young side. I don't have time. And they only offered me 35 grand. St Kilda offered me 65. Oh, right. Yeah. Whilst I love Richmond, I thought I'm only going to be around probably for three years, maybe at the most. Money was good. 65 grand in 1990, good. Yep. Yeah, half a house. 
um, that's how you. That's how, it's all relative, isn't it? That's yeah, you, yeah, absolutely. That's how you. That's how you analyse it. And um, drive down the pin. I thought I'd never wanted to do that, but I thought, well, okay, we'll go to Moorabbin. Um, and Sheldon was ex-Carlton, triple premiership player. Hutto, you know, legend, uh, great Hawthorne man, premiership player. Um, I thought it made a lot of sense. Made an enormous amount of sense. Got down there as a totally different club than Hawthorne, of course. Totally different. Very, um, not fractured, but I just they just didn't have that winning cult. They didn't know it was cold. Yep. It was a bit soulless compared to Hawthorne, of course, but yeah. then... Now we built a bit of a dynasty from from then on. We got played in the finals for the first time that year. We got beat by Geelong, of course, but um, then the following year we beat Collingwood in their first final. Plugger, Plugger's kicked 127 goals in 17 games in 1991. 127 in 17 games. I don't think a lot of people realise that stat. It's something like 7.83 goals a game. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I've never seen a more dominant performance in my life. For a whole season, like I wasn't around watching Lee Matthews. I mean, you know, you hear some of the stats of Matthews kicking ninety goals and averaging thirty possessions in seventy-eight. But you know, ninety goals as a rover, right? Log it though, one hundred and twenty-seven in seventeen games. Now he kicked, you know, kicked twelve against Adelaide. He had nine by half time on Danny Hughes. I mean, he was no slouch. Yeah, um, you know, I think he kicked ten on Silvani, ten on Langford. Um, I was there in '92. He kicked, he kicked 15 against the Swans at Moorabbin. <laughs> That's ridiculous, isn't it? That's crazy. Oh, mate, the power! And Lowy, you know, Lowy took more marks than anyone. Uh, Winmar coming off the wing, driving the ball. Winmar, Winmar passed the ball 60 meters. Yep. The ball wouldn't go higher than 15 meters high. Drill it like an exercise missile and hit Lockett on the chest. Hmm. Was he a gun? Oh. They were great days. I really enjoyed the Saints. And so I stuck around there for four years and um, retired, I think, round five, 94. I was just getting too slow. Well, it's that, been, that, that was good. It was been, it's been fabulous to catch up these days, of course. Tell us what you're up to these days. Mate, I'm um, working for Mercedes-Benz of Brighton. So you've got to talk a bit like that now, Kevin. Yes. Um, Mercedes-Benz of Brighton. I've been in sports marketing pretty much all my life, and I've been uh, invited to uh, work with Jeff Quirk. You would hear him on the radio. Yep. Dealer principal, wonderful, great, great operator. Managing the partnerships and all the sponsorships of our dealership. We're a big operation. We pretty much own the Bay side. That's our PMA, our prime marketing area. So I've got to manage all relationships across Big non-for-profit clubs like Sandringham Yacht Club, Brighton Rotary, uh, Bo Morris Football Club. We're heavily involved with St Kilda with their foundation. Uh, we do work with Sereno Sharks. We do a bit of work with them, Sandringham Footy Club. So we sponsor a lot of things down here. We run a lot of different activities, below-the-line marketing. So I manage all that. Uh, I've been here three years. Um, it's a great operation. A um, lot of fun. Didn't know anything about cars when I got here, but know a bit about it now. Yeah, uh, we work closely with Nick Trulson at the Bulldogs, who um, are sponsored by Mercedes Benz. So we try and work that relationship best we can. Whilst I'm not a Bulldog, but we work closely with Nick. He's a great operator out of the Bulldog. Um, so it's basically customer relations, below the line marketing, and try and get as many people into the dealership as we possibly can. So if anyone, any of your 
listeners, Kevin, mm-hmm. would love to get involved with a Mercedes Benz. They're very affordable. They start from around about fifty grand from the A class right up to right up to the GT, which is the top of the range racing car, mate. Mercedes Benz of Brighton and ask for the fly. <laughs> you you gotta you gotta say it like that to be down here. I'm a Q boy, mate, but when you're in Brighton you gotta be you're very Brighton. Well, it's been lovely catching up with your fly and uh... Appreciate it, Kevin. <laughs> now you're you're a stalwart of the media, mate. The old days of three X Y, mate, you're a, a gun, mate. You've been around this caper how long? How long have you been uh, in this media caper? Yeah, a long time. Very long time. Come on, put a year to it. Come on. It's gotta be 40, 40, maybe more? 46. 46? <laughs> you old bastard. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> great man. You're a champ. Good Thanks, mate. It's been great catching up. If the house is rocking, don't